0: Ready? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, no problem. Okay, everybody should have a handout, right? Okay. Um, good to see everybody. Um, kind of sad this was a la- our last day because I could stay here for several more weeks, and I know uh, Trish could too, and Stacy and Scott, but we all have to go back to our other lives. Um, yeah. This morning, I want to share with you um, this teaching. I, I've been studying all week at the Beach House and um, spending a lot of time doing that as well as other things. And um, I enjoy that time because I can, I can break away from the norm and, and focus on things that are, are important to me and things that I want to do versus things you have to do at your other job. Uh, but at any rate... I thought I was going to be teaching on another subject matter this morning, and um, I had been praying about, Lord, what do you want me to teach? What do you want me to share? And I've been studying a lot about um, truth and lies and um, how the enemy is really doing his very best to uh, infiltrate our country and our um, our churches and trying to influence people in a lot of negative ways. And so I thought I was going to be teaching on another on um, another aspect of, uh, of the lies of the enemy. And I was very much prepared until I sat down yesterday when we got to your house. So when I sat down on the couch, immediately I heard a voice say, Know the truth. And immediately I knew that I was needed to study it. So what you have in front of you is something that just came, started coming yesterday. And a lot of the things we're going to look at are, we all know this, but there, hopefully there's going to be some things in here that the Lord will um, let us see something new. Uh, I know I did as I began to study this and look at it. But um, in our current situation in our country, it is so important that every one of us knows the truth and does not deviate from it at all. Because there are so many voices in this world starting from the highest office in our, in our government and all the way down to local, state-level, uh, military. I mean, there are so many voices that are making declaration that are just outright lies. And um, so how do we not end up being one of those elect members that gets deceived in the end times? I know it's, it's this, if we know the truth, then we step into points of of freedom that only come by knowing that truth. Um, The opposite is true as well. So if you start believing lies, you start becoming a lie, and you believe a lie. And, And nobody in this room wants that to happen. I mean, there are people that used to be with us, and I say that because they're no longer with us, that were wholeheartedly... Involved in the truth, but somehow along the way, something began to pull on them and, and pull them away and they begin to deviate from the truth. And there are scriptural references where people that are specifically named in scripture that says they have erred from the truth. Um, and we're going to look at some of those here in a minute, but we need to know the source of, of true truth. It's found in no other person other than what the Scripture says. Grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. The Aletheia. It didn't come through another book. It didn't come through another man. We need to know that that is the true source of all truth. And we cannot deviate from that just to justify something that we've got in our mind or in our thinking, our thinking needs to align with what the Scripture says. And so you got all these movements, and it, it just it, it never ceases to amaze me. Everybody has a cause. Everybody has some bandwagon that they're getting on, whether it's, um, I mean, we could start a, a White Lives Matters group, okay? If we did that, I'm just saying, BLM, whatever you want to call it. it's God is not focused on those things. He is not. His agenda, when he looks down from the throne of God, the throne, he's looking and his eyes are searching for something, right? We all know this. This is basic principles. How is it that a saint can start on this path and then somehow or another... Get tricked into believing there's another pathway, or I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you flip a switch and they just decide. Oh, I'm going to go down the white li- white lives matter, police lives matter. I mean, it. So, what I'm saying is, the antidote to not being deceived is to know the truth. And we're going to look at this together this morning, and 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 look at different passages that we've all known. And as we go through this, I pray that something, you'll see a, a verse or something will leap off the page at you and you go, wow, I've never seen it like that before. Because when we open the Scripture, we should be, um, we should be seeing things in the Word that confirm things that we've been experiencing as we, as we move in the Numa in the and in the Aletheia. It's both. It's not one or the other. It's, it's both. Um, So I wanted to start off with looking at um, one of the passages that speaks about the the spirit of truth. You know, we know that God God is one. None of us have ever said God is seven. Nobody has ever said that. We just know that God has a personality, and these are the ways that he depicts his personality or his spirit in the scripture, and this is one of them. So in John 16, beginning in verses 12, it says this, I have yet many things to lego unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, it doesn't say you cannot bear them. It just says you cannot bear them now. So as I was reading that this morning, I thought, you know what? That is a great reminder of, of being able to know the timing of releasing revelation. And that's, kind of, that's what Jesus is saying here to John, and, he, and he's expressing that. And he, he's not saying, you can't bear it, oh, it's too heavy or it's too deep for you. He's just saying, it's not the proper time for this to be released to you. And Jesus operated that in, in absolute perfection. So that's, real, that's, that's critical leading up to what he's getting ready to say in verse 13. And then verse 13 says, Howbeit, when the pneuma of the aletheia is come, and we should all know the Aletheia. When you when you look at all the all the derivatives and trace it back to its root, it means something that's been concealed or hidden. Some people go, well, you know, where did Pastor get it that it, it, it's hidden? Well, if something's concealed, that means it's not hidden. That's just the way some people think. It's like um, recently, and I've shared this with some of you. Um, I, I Facebook is a um, or any other book you want to call, can be a good tool, but it can also be very destructive. And so I'm a part of some groups where I, I'm, I'm, I have a specific purpose for joining them, and it's to inject the truth when I see lies. And the, there are a lot of people all over the world that will believe. I mean, they are just gulping any and everything that anybody says in these groups. And so I woke up a couple of days ago, and there was a post by some, some, some man that, um, or no, there was a question that somebody was posing asking about, are titles biblical, basically? And I'm like, well, they're in the Scripture, man, God created man, right? That's kind of a title, and then He created woman from the man. Then you go and you start looking at all the different, a uh, prophet is a title, so this particular person, so I jumped in and I said, well, yeah, they're, they are biblical, but I started to focus on what's the intent of a title. Not for a badge, it's for, you know, for covering, it's for to identify function, and, 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 a, and a lot of other things. So immediately, this person just starts ripping me, typing in something and going, oh, that's not right, it's not biblical, God never says anything about t- he doesn't, even mention the word title, and I'm like, In principle, it is a title. They're there. So we went back and forth several times, and so this individual was, they weren't seeing it. It was like, it was like they were absolutely blinded because of some bad experience that they've had with somebody that used a title and and abused it. But again, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? I mean, just because you've got false prophets doesn't mean you don't go, oh, we have no prophets in the church, right, because we have false ones. No. No. It just means being able to identify the false so we know the true. And and that's what we're saying here. And it's just amazing to me how one person can, um, in in this instance, truth is the the main focal point of of our existence. And and what what is truth? Pilate asked, asked, what is truth? What is Aletheia? It's something that is that is concealed away or not hidden that's being revealed it's being uncovered that's what it is so so what has God uncovered over the last twenty years in this network <laughs> wow it's 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 astounding what he's uncovered it will it will always it will always be confirmed in the scripture Amen. always Amen. and and a lot of it is just around timing. It's, it's, it's like, okay, 20 years ago, it was time for uh, the gift of divers tongues to be identified in the Scripture, right? That was the proper timing. Five years later, it was proskuneo or, or whatever. So timing is essential. And, and in the midst of that is the Spirit of God combined with that timing to uncover it. We can't go and say, oh, today I'm going to uncover a new revelation, Right. You can't. It doesn't work that way. And so I I brought that example up. And it's very basic and ve- very elemental, but some people don't see the nuggets and the gold that God has given to all of us and placed on the inside of us. You know, Stacy's gotten a lot of things that uh, uncovered about worship. Um, others dance. Others just a wide array of um, different types of. Um, Truth that's been hidden, but it nevertheless it is truth. And to know the false, we need to know the true, right? right. We can't go the opposite extreme and go, well, you know, I, I need to dive much, much more deeper into the false, right? There's a danger, great danger in doing that. It's like the uh, knowing the difference in real money and fake. You 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 know the genuine, and then you'll be able to identify the fake with no problem at all. So God's trained all of us to be able to. Not just know about the truth, have a, a mental knowledge of it, because a lot of people have that already. It's about becoming the truth and it being inside you. And we're going to see that as we go through this. But in verse 13, when we're talking about the pneuma of truth, we're talking about the very essence of who God is and how He is constantly wanting to uncover things that are concealed or hidden away. When that has come... He's going to guide you into all truth. So I want to connect that back to grace and truth. Aletheia came through Jesus Christ, but all truth comes, comes through him. So we don't need to be looking to any other source. He is the true source of all truth, the spirit of Aletheia. And when you look at this, you've all studied this, I'm sure. Maybe you haven't. So to guide here, if you pull it up and you begin to study it, it means to show you the way, and and the actual root word of of guide here means to teach. And and it's much like a conductor in um, um, in a symphony. That conductor is leading the entire symphony, and he's guiding the entire process, and if anybody gets out of, out of a line or makes a wrong, you know it immediately, right? You can, you can, you can hear when the, the stringed instruments are not in, in cadence. I mean, it's so apparent. You don't have to be uh, musically inclined to be able to hear it. So that's the terminology that's used here, and I love that uh, as a conductor, a person who leads or guides. And then he says, for he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he's gonna, Anna Angelos, you things to come. So there, these are the futuristic insights, or the truth that he's gonna unveil to us. And the word there, Anna Angelos, is made up of two words: Anna and the word where we get angel from. And that means that there's going to be this partnership with the angelic, and they're going to help in, in announcing in great detail. Things that things to come, insights that, that God's prepared for all of us, but we got, we have to go back to the source. we cannot deviate from the source because if we do, then we start to adopt teachings from other sources that are man made and not really spirit of truth made and that's so easy to do now. Paul was a, an avid reader. I mean, you study the Scripture and all, he, he had parchments, and he would ask, bring those books, and especially the parchments. So Paul was a scholar. He studied. You know, I've heard cer- certain people in uh, old-timey days where they would debunk somebody that went, had said they went to Bible college and studied, no, I didn't have to do that. Went to the school, of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, they said, studying is really good. It is a great thing. And we're going to see that come out in this whole context. Um, so let's keep moving. He will glorify me, he shall receive of mine, and will show, here's that word again, anglo, in, in unto you. All things, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm underscoring all things, and then also all truth, all things that my Father have, they're mine. Therefore said I that I'll, he shall take from mine and will show, here's that word again, this unto you. So the spirit of Elathea that is within God is always wanting to show us something futuristic, something that is very much for the time that we're currently in. And if you reflect over the last decade or so, he's done that repeatedly for all of us whether on a personal level or a corporate or as a network. He's constantly doing this. And, and I believe he, maybe he's bringing us into a new or a fresh realization of this on a personal level. And I really feel that that is what the, the, the main focal point of this teaching is, is everybody coming into a new level of awareness of this type of truth and being able to identify it like immediately. Now, John's gospel is full of the word Aletheia truth all over. You know, you get the word true, you get truth. Um, and so I've just cited a few instances here that are referenced. And I did a real quick study of, of truth from all through the New Testament. I didn't focus on the Ammon and the Old. So John eight thirty one through 37 this is, this is the passage I knew that the voice was telling me to look at first. Very, very important. It says in verse 31, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue, or if you remain or stay in my Logos, then are you my disciples indeed. So this whole thing here about the Jews, some of the Jews stepping into belief, Belief alone is not good enough. He continues and said, there is a condition to this. If you believe what I'm saying to you, if you truly believe that I am the Son of God, then there's something you need to do as proof that you are my disciple. And what is that? To continue in the logos, the foundational word of purpose. Then he says, I identify you as my disciple. It's very personal. When we and, and all of us are doing this, but we all know people that just they're playing games. You know, they 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 just show up to church once a month and they go out and live their life any way they want to. They don't really care. They are really not living for God at all because you can see their actions. You see the fruit of their lives, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying we judge people, but we know the difference. You used to play church. I did, too. You know, I, I, when I was growing up, I would be there just because mom and dad made me. I mean, I'm just telling you like it is. I really didn't enjoy it because there really wasn't anything to enjoy. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. It was very, very shallow Christianity, very surface, and that's all they knew. So, but deep inside me even as a young boy i knew there there had to be so much more you know um i didn't know what more was at the time but continuing in the word is is critical for all of us and we know you know when somebody is a true disciple you you just you know jesus said you can know people by the fruit that they bear right and i'm I, and i know that I, we as a people are are, are bearing much fruit because we are, we're we're staying in the vine we're we're staying attached to the source of truth, and we release that truth and And I just I encourage all of you, no matter where you are, at work, at home, alone, speak the truth, release the truth into the atmosphere because what we do and what we release changes the atmospheres around us. We don't need to sit back and just go uh, keep our mouth closed like we're silent. Now, if the Lord's telling you not to release it, that's fine. In this case, if you're around people and they're not able to bear it at that time, don't release it. But I think sometimes we, we use that as a, as a mechanism to go, uh, oh, well, I just don't feel like I'm supposed to release anything here. Well, let's, mm, yes or no. Let's, let's stand up for what we believe. The enemy, he's shouting from the rooftop. He, he is just in our face all the time through the media, through the news, all, every outlet, he's trying to use it, right? Let's do the same. Let's fight using the truth, that belt of truth that girds us up, right? Let's use that to gird up other people. Let's don't use it to destroy and backbite. and Let's use the truth. God's okay with us speaking the truth. He wants us to speak the truth to our neighbor. He wants us to speak the truth to one another. He wants us to provoke one another to agape. I mean, those are scriptural terms. Now, verse 32. And I believe this is a flow here. In this, So you start off with belief, and there's this continuance in the Logos, and there's a stepping in to being d- disciples indeed. And then in verse 32, as we do that, then we step into knowing the Aletheia. You see that? That's a progression there. The Aletheia is not at the front. He didn't say, um, uh, okay, know the truth. You've just believed, and then continue. It's, it, it's a flow pattern there. And I, and I love that. And then he says, and the aletheia, the thing that, that I've uncovered for you is going to cause you to become free. Very, very, very cool. And this is not a teaching on freedom, but to be free or bound, that is the real question and we know there are people in churches all across the world that are bound some some realize it some don't and god really wants them to step into points of knowing truth that that causes them to step into an unrestrained freedom that's what this when you study this back to its root it means an unrestrained freedom no restraints at all but so many people are bound up. They've got a, they've got a spiritual uh, straitjacket on. They can't move. They don't think they can even even raise a finger, much less a hand or an arm, or, or do any type of movement that might seem to be um, um, out of the ordinary because, oh, my God, it's like God's going to fry them then and there. But God's all about free, freeing people. He doesn't want us to be bound to things that are connected to the law of Moses. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth, Aletheia, came through Jesus Christ. And that type of truth, once it's uncovered, you think about the freedom you have now. Total freedom. Not to do what you want to do, but you guys know what I'm saying here. There is a freeing work that His Spirit has done in us because we've we've accepted and we've we've become the truth that he's uncovered. And that's the key, is being the truth. Okay, so now watch the response of those that are around in verse 33. It says, and they answered him, we be. We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? He's trying to let them know that you're really not free at all. You are bound, but they're justifying and saying we're of Abraham's seed. We have a great heritage. Heritage alone is not enough. He said you're going to be my disciples if if we trace it back. My disciples... If you're continuing in my foundational purpose, the the Logos, the thing that I've established from the very beginning, in the beginning, in the arche, was the Logos. And then the Logos became flesh, and He's modeled for us what it means to to, to be a son in the earth. But these people are saying, we've never been in bondage to any man. I mean, imagine you're in this situation. We have been in this situation. Twenty years ago, or whenever your experience that just revolutionized who you were, that was this situation. you probably didn't say you were in, uh, never in bondage, but you probably thought you were you were free, right? We all did, so he's addressing that he's focused on freedom, and this type of freedom does not equate to the natural freedoms that we enjoy it, it's much it's much deeper it's much more expansive. And then Jesus answers him and says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. So now he brings in this concept of servants of of missing the mark. And then he continues it. And the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. And if the son, therefore, will make you free You'll be free indeed, okay? So now he's bringing that indeed part back. So my disciples indeed, and now he's going, you're free indeed. And he's linking that to um, uh, being a son. I think that's very important too. I know you are Abraham's seed. So he's identifying their heritage. But he says, you seek to kill me. Because my Logos has no place in you. That's where that Logos becomes flesh within us. And that's part of where that truth becomes, it's in us. It's not something that's on the exterior or external. It's internal. We become the truth of what He's uncovering. And that's being a son. That entails a lot. You guys know that. It's not like you can just... In, in five minutes, talk about what it means to be a, a son. It's, it's just there's just too much there. Now, it's very interesting, isn't it? So you got you got you got belief. You got some that are Jews are believing. He says, "Continue in my logos, then you enter into true discipleship." Now, I remember growing up, and there there was a. a a program that, um, and I forget the gentleman's name that created it. It was a discipleship program, and part of my calling back then, you know, you know, being a, a disciple was, you know, taking new new babies, new believers, and bringing them in and um, teaching them how to go out and save others, you know, preach the gospel message. That, that's really what it what it consisted of: evangelizing others through all kinds of ways. But true discipleship here in this context centers around belief, knowing truth, unrestrained freedom, not being a servant of missing the mark, abiding in sonship, and having the Logos in you. All of those things are centered around true discipleship. That's a lot. (laughs) Nobody ever taught me these things when I was, not, not from this angle. You know, truth was, um, if I had one, I would, well, I'm going to raise this like it is. The Bible is the truth. Well, yes, but it's got to be more than just words on a page, right? And, and that, that used to bother me, even as, as a young boy, I, I would hear things and I'd go, well, It just did. There was something in me as a young boy that did not knew that there was something further. I mean, when when you read this and you talk when he talks about my logos has no place in you, in you has great meaning. It does. There are people that they can quote the, they can probably quote books of the Bible. Okay, I remember memorizing all the names of the books of the Bible and quoting verses. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not what Jesus taught. I mean, in fact, he, he's letting people know, I know your, your, your heritage. Hey, you're Abraham's seed. So it's not about heritage, what mom and dad did or, or whoever. It's about this being in us. And it's very profound. That leads me to this next point. We need to be those that are bearing witness to the Aletheia. John modeled this, and Jesus did. So let's look at John 5, verse 16. And I put verse 16 here to kind of give us context. Um, And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus. They're seeking to not only kill him, but to slay him here. Because he had done some things on the Sabbath day that they thought you should be laying down, resting, not making anything. Don't get up in a deer stand. I couldn't do that when I was a young boy, okay? Nothing, because it's a day of rest. And, and I'm, it's funny how we, I say we, I grew up around it. You know, it's just like, you can go and you can work all day at church. You can get over here and play the instruments and do all these kind of things. You can work, 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 work. work. But man, when you mention something else, it's like, oh, we got to rest. We got to rest. And rest there, we know now, is not the type of rest that we need at night to replenish our bodies and our minds. So they're furious to the point where they want to absolutely just slaughter him. And then if you keep reading through and you get to verse 31, it says, Jesus says this, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Okay, That word true there is is a derivative of Aletheia. Ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the Aletheia. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. And, and I put this here because John is a great model for all of us. I'm glad we have more to eat these days than locusts and wild honey. And I mean, the honey's great, but I don't, I don't know about all that locust bit, okay? And, and the clothing he wore was, wow, it was immaculate, wasn't it? It was great, right? So I'm glad, we, we, I'm glad for the modern um, luxuries that we have these days. Just picture John. I mean, he was a, he was a wild character. But he was someone that bare witness to the he was He was that voice of one that was crying in the wilderness, but he was preparing the way of the Lord in the wilderness. See, everybody was probably thinking, well, man... Why is he doing this crazy stuff in the wilderness? I mean, they were thinking all manner of things. They, people think the same things of us. Why are these people still doing this? They have nothing to really show. Well, it depends on what you're looking at. Depends on what lens you're looking through. If you're focused, always focused on numbers, well, yeah, it might appear, but numerically, we are expansive across the globe, right? God is going into all the world, and he shared his message and he's building his church the way he wants to do it. It's not the way man wants to do it. Man wants to, you know, open all the doors and establish 15,000 programs and have this, this one over here for the babies and have this program program people to death and in the, and in that the power of God and, and and the and the and the and the development of what God wants to do is kind of set aside. Programs are not where God is. That's what man sets up to try to cater to everybody in the church. You never find scriptures anywhere talking about we need to, we need to cater to all people. And But sadly, that, that's kind of where things have gone. Our government is doing that right this instant. They're trying to cater to every person, trying to please every people group. Oh, we don't want to offend anybody, right? Jesus, I mean, he you were either following him or... You were being left behind. I mean, he would lay it out there and go, hey, are you guys going to leave me now? I mean, he didn't purposely do things to offend people, but when he walked the walk of a, of a son, you tow the line or you get off the line. And that's just the way it is. And it's, 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 it's a great blessing, but at the same time, there are great challenges that we all endure for the sake of being a son. And we, we should do like the apostles did when they were beaten and told, do not mention the name, don't teach at all this message any longer. What did they do? Did they crater to, I was going to say a word here, did they crater to the current voices in the world and say, you know what, we're not going to say it, we don't need to do it. We could be, we could be thrown in prison, right? No, they left rejoicing that they could suffer shame for his name, right? for the identity of what God had stamped on them to be. Those guys were relentless. <laughs> we too are following that same pathway. We are a relentless people. We're not giving up. We are not going to shut up. You know, BLM can say, we are not going to shut up. We're going to keep... Hey, we are not... We're gonna, we got that same vein, but we, we have the truth. And the truth will overtake any lie. It trumps every lie. The Aletheia, the spirit of Aletheia, uncovering. I can't wait to see what he uncovers in the next few months, the next six months. It's gold. It's it's priceless. It's the most important thing in this life. The truth that we have has nothing to do with our judicial system. And we can be so grateful for that. I'm not saying you can't do things with our judicial system, but you guys, you know, everybody goes about, uh, I promise to tell the truth, the whole, tr- the whole truth. Um, where are you getting your truth from? So everybody equates it to what a human says, it's more man-centered than it is spirit of truth-centered. Okay, so here we go with John, and it's 9.15, I'm watching. Okay, we just read about John. Let's look at Jesus. In in John 18, verses 36 through 38, Jesus answered and said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered and said, Thou sayest that I am a king. Very important, and I've bolded it for all of you. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world. And what did he come into the world to do in this context? So that he could bear witness to the Aletheia. Think about all the causes that are going on in this, in our in our in our country. Not only here, but all over the world. Is that our main cause? Should we be focused on social injustice every morning? We wake up night and day. Uh, is that what Jesus focused on here? He's telling us. He, he's, and, and born here, if you study it, the root goes back to Genos. <laughs> Very interesting. So he was born in the, in the Genos for this, and for this cause, what did he say? I'm coming so that I can be a martyr and show you as a perfect example of walking in the Aletheia. That's what we are to be and do today, nothing else. Yes, intercessors, yes, I'm not saying, but in this context that we're reading here about the truth, we need to be focused intently on the truth wherever we're at. If you're in the grocery line and you're, or you're at work or whatever, you need to be tuned in to, to the words that are being released and go, that's truth, that's a lie, and I speak this. And release it. And that's how you fight. That's how we fight in the Spirit with releasing the truth. That is a sword of the pneuma. <laughs> the sword that comes from His breath, the very essence of who God is. That will fight off anything that the enemy has. And the enemy can't fight that. There's no truth. There's no aletheia in him. See, that's the big difference. He's he's full of lies and deceit and deception. Think about that. That's, That's what's going on in our country. Every time you cannot turn on the television, and listen to any kind of media without hearing a lot just lies. I'm not talking party-wise here. I'm talking about just lies. When I, when I hear things, I'm not thinking, oh, that's Democratic or, oh, that's Republican. I'm, I'm thinking truth or lie, not truth or dare, truth or lie. Maybe that's a good board game somebody can make for, for, for the saints And I know I'm really hitting on this, but this is so important for all of us. Everybody, every person in this room wants this. But as we approach gross darkness coming upon this world, we don't need to forget that His light is going to shine upon us. But in the shining of His light does not negate that gross darkness won't be present. We are going to be that light in the midst of some of the darkest times our country has ever seen. And this pandemic was the tip of the iceberg. I know when Isaiah prophesied about that many, many years ago, he wasn't focused on a pandemic. That might have been part of the equation, but that's not the only thing. And it's not to ingest fear. None of, we should not fear. Don't fear. We're going to look at it and... Um, the message coming this morning about how Jesus addressed fear in the midst of supernatural provision in a way that I was like, huh? How could fear... Anyway, we'll get to that later on. So Jesus says, everyone that is of the Aletheia hears my voice. Singular. There's no plurality at all here. Those that are truly walking in my truth, the things that I'm uncovering, they're going to be able to hear my voice. Now, we see the opposite of that as well, right? There are people that, like I said earlier, these Facebook groups, I mean, they, they don't drink Kool-Aid. I mean, they are gulping the Kool-Aid. They take a massive, and then they just keep pouring it in. And what do I mean by that? I used the example earlier about titles. Very basic. There are a lot of groups in there that are that are there's so many prophets on Facebook, it's unbelievable. So many apostles. I mean, it's so it's more than just a title. And this is what I was trying to get that gentleman to, to realize. It identifies covering protection and speaks of function. Those three things I just mentioned are foreign to a lot of people. They have no idea. When you, talk, when you say you are a pastor by function, you've already thrown them a curveball, and they're like, oh, what, duh? It's like they haven't heard that at all. All they know is a pastor has a badge here, he wears it, or they see you standing up here always talking to a group of people. But it's so much more than that. And And, and I love the way God has trained all of us personally with our gifts and our talents and our anointings. How he if you will look back and you will really think about the experiences and the processes that you've walked through, they are identifiers of training you on what he's given you to be and do. They really are. So what does it mean to be a pastor in in the spirit? What does that mean? Because most people just focus on, oh, the pastor is so kind and gentle and loving, and oh, he loves people, he likes to uh, uh, lead the sheep, and, and green pastures and all. Well, yeah, but I mean, is that really identifying in the spirit what a pastor should be doing? I think one of the most important things a pastor is doing is covering, the, the, the spiritual covering of the people that God has put over him. And a lot of people miss those things. They really do. It sounds very simplistic, but so many people miss the the spiritual dynamic and backdrop of what a pastor or an apostle, okay? Some people call themselves an apostle, and I'm going, what? You're really moving in an evangelistic way, but they call it an apostle. Why? How, how do you know? How do you know somebody is moving in truth? Just rhetorically speaking. Just listen to them. Because we speak the truth, so whatever comes out the mouth is really what's in, inside the person, right? So all I ever hear every Sunday to 20 people that are already born again, come to the altar, you know, over and over and over again, and that tells me there you're focused on the salvation message, and we should be initially, right? But if that's the constant message all, this, all the time, every Sunday to the same 20 people, I need some new truth, right? I need something uncovered that's different, that's fresh, that's, that's always been there. We, I don't need to have that uncovered, it's already there, right? But to talk about an apostle, number one, in the spirit is someone that has heard and gained a fresh message from the throne that is not known. That kind of rhymed, didn't it? That's the key. In spirit, the apostle goes out, is sent forth. Most people focus on the sent forth. Oh, I'm sent forth, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to go to Dallas. Oh, I'm an apostle, right? Is that what that means? In spirit, an apostle is sent forth first into the heart of God to gain that new message that's confirmed in the Scripture, and then they become that, and then they release it. That's what the apostle Paul did, right? The backdrop, that's what I'm saying. People don't see the backdrop. Their eyes, they're blinded to it. And God wants to remove that veil and and, and allow them to hear an aletheia truth that results in freedom. Even though they're saying, hey, hey, we're of Abraham's seed, right? He's going, "Um, you're still a servant of sin, missing the mark, and then they want to kill him. So the same things that happened here are happening in our day as well. Don't shy away from speaking truth. If there's anything I can leave all of us with, is do not shrink back. Speak the truth. Everywhere you go, because the truth is going to set people free. And we have five minutes left. Let me look here. So much. Okay, let's look at page three. I want to hit, this is the last thing that we're going to look at. Second Timothy. And I mentioned this earlier, and I really want to, I'm going to drive this one home. Okay? One thing that I love to do is to study. I know pastors the same way. Many of you, it's, it's a challenge. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to... I love to study. And much of when I'm in a in room away from people secluded in the beach house, that's what I'm doing. And, and during those times, it's not always this way. But boy, when you feel the inspiration... To do that, whatever you're doing, you need to stop (laughs) and study, (laughs) because it might not be there in in the next 30 minutes or so. So I'm encouraging everyone to step it up with your personal study. And as it relates to truth, personal study is a requirement. And let's look at what it says in 2 Timothy. Study to show yourself approved unto God. And I put the, the Greek definition there for you. It just means be, be earnest about it. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. There's work involved. Studying requires work. Rightly dividing. Now here's this phrase, rightly dividing. It, it comes from the word orthotomeo. Uh, ortho and it means to, to make a straight cut to dissect or be able to expound correctly the message. When you study, the Spirit can really help you make a straight cut. He can help you dissect it, and He can help you to the point where you can expound the message of what He's given in a correct manner. The study precedes the dissection and, and rightly dividing it out. And it's connected to the logos of what? The elathia step up your study game. I'm saying this to me too, cuz there's times where I have no inspiration, zero zilch. We all will go through this. It's not like it's all the time, but some of us, I guess you could call it a gift, I don't know what else to call it. Some of us have it more than others and it's it's needed. I guess if you're if you're sharing a lot more cuz when the inspiration's there, you know it. When it's not, you also know it. So I'm just, I'm just saying, if you had the option, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm just... If I'm given the option, let's say it's a Friday night, okay? Let's say it's... it's and there's something that you want to go out and do, but all of a sudden, you have this strong urge and this inspiration to study or something's inside you that you just can't shake and you've got another option to go, something to go over here and do, which one are you more likely to do? You have to answer that. I I can't. There's always going to be a tug. There's always going to be a pull. And I'm not saying it's something that you're required to go into. I'm saying if you had the choice, which would you choose? I ask myself that all the time. I've made the wrong choice sometimes, and I've later on, the inspiration just kind of dissipated. And I'm like, oh, you can't get it back. And I think the Lord does that sometimes to help train us to go, what's more important to you? Watching two more hours of TV or studying this here that I'm trying to reveal to you, and I'm inspiring you, and I'm pushing you, but yet you made the wrong choice. And I've done that. So Study. As we do that, God recognizes it and, and it and we have His approval. He sees our study times. And when He sees you doing that, then we step into this the, the ability to... He helps us rightly divide it out, cor- take the message and share it correctly, and it's connected to the Alathea, the word of truth. Verse 16. But shun... These are hard words for some people to get. Those that are very religious, they don't like these words. They kind of read right over them. But shun profane and vain babblings. Now, I'm not going to go over all these words because we're out of time. But I do want to mention, when you shun something, that means you are absolutely, avoid. it's an avoidance of it, right? What are we to be avoiding? And I'm not going to focus on profane we, we, we avoid profane things. We avoid vain babblings here is a word. It's kino and it means empty-sounding words or fruitless discussion. Be done with that. I cannot stand to be yakking with someone, and it's fruitless. There's no essence to it. You know what that feels like. It's like, would you stop wasting my time? Get to the point, and the prophetic comes out and goes, just get to the point. Tell me what you want to say. Quit. I'm just over ready to go sleep. That's fruitless discussion. We need to be done with that. Right? I love talking to people that love that that there's, there's substance to what they're saying. And it can be spiritual, but it can also just be talk, okay? Um and here's why. God says, for, for if you're around profane and vain babblings, it will only increase unto more ungodliness. <laughs> and then he starts to name certain people, and, and their word will eat as doth a canker. And then he mentions two guys here, Hymenius and uh, Philetus, who concerning the Aletheia, they have erred. They've missed the mark. I had a name for them. I had a target but they've deviated from it. And they're saying, here's here's where they're missing the mark. The, The resurrection had already passed. So the principle here is when somebody's talking to you about something that you know to be the truth, and they're saying it's not, God says you shun that, you walk away from it, don't engage in any discussion with that person. And some of them have overthrown the faith of some. So I end with that. Personal study is a requirement as we continue to walk with the spirit of truth in the Aletheia. Um, okay, here we go. Press the bottom. Yeah, until it goes to mute first, I think. Here, i let you...
1: Uh, Well, I I really think that the vain babblings doesn't mean you just talk about things that aren't important, because there's a lot of that that we all do. I think it has more, when I think of something that's vain, I think it's more self-centered, something you're, it's about your own goals, your own aims, and that's really what leads to not understanding what the resurrection is anymore. I mean, you've got your own agenda, that's what you're promoting, and that's what leads to ungodliness. So it's not just that you're talking about the beach, I mean... You know, you could call that...
0: We've been, we've been vain babbling all week then, right? That's right. right. So,
1: <laughs> the things of this earth aren't necessarily bad to discuss because they're here for us to enjoy. I mean, right. God created all of that for us to enjoy. So, it's not about discussing things that, you know, don't seem to be important. But it's when it has a goal or an aim, because it said it led others also into to error, Right. So the talk itself has to be something that, that opposes the truth or that goes a different direction than what God is trying to do. So I just wanted to say that, you know, I don't know, I do, if you call vain babbling just not being in the truth, then wow, <laughs> I am really failing because there's a lot that we just talk about that's just about life and daily goings on or whatever, but good teaching, Mark. That was really an excellent, excellent insight. Very thankful for it.